In today's show, we're talking Portland Trailblazers with the host of the Locked On Blazers podcast, Mike Richmond. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is August the 17th. It is the birthday of Dream Team legend Christian Leitner. Shout out to Big Chris. His, uh, his birthday today. I don't know how old he is. I can't be bothered working it out. He's over 50. Congratulations to him. We're here to talk Portland Trailblazers, a team whose second half of the season was a disaster. Their superstar was bad and got hurt. They made some changes. There's a lot for us to discuss. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here he is, back again. It is the host of the Locked On Blazers podcast, Mike Richmond. Mike, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. It is great to have you back to talk Portland because, as I said before you came on, I said this is a team where most of what happened last season we can almost throw out because it was so weird with completely different players on the team, with guys out, guys hurt, deliberate tanking, egregious tanking, some might say. Good on them. Good luck to them for doing that down the stretch. Uh, but it's hard to get a full idea of where this team lies based on some of the stuff from last season. So we're going to try and go through it. And I think the best place to start is what actually happened in terms of the roster. And we know they brought in Jeremy Grant. Gary Payton comes in. They drafted Shaden Sharp and Jabari Walker. They also signed Norvell Pal, or just put in there because he's a name that people know. They lose Chris Dunn, who was a tank commander down the end. Eric Bledsoe, who never played a game for them. Joe Ingles, who also never played a game for them. Ben McLemore, CJ Allaby, and Elijah Hughes are no longer on this roster. Let's start with Jeremy Grant. They didn't give up a huge amount to get Jeremy Grant in that trade with the Pistons, who yesterday I just talked to Ku on the Pistons side of things, saying how it was a, such a small return for Grant. Um, Grant is completely mistasked with being the number one option. But, Mike, he doesn't have to be that guy here. Do you think he goes back to being Thunder Jeremy Grant, Denver Nuggets Jeremy Grant, where he's the third or fourth offensive guy and focuses more on defense? Yeah, I mean, that's the hope, right, is that he's comfortable stepping back into that role-player role. Uh, I think there is some concern that once someone has spread their wings as as widely as Jeremy Grant has been able to, whether he'll be comfortable being the third option most times and, 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 and perhaps even beyond that when, when Josh Hart's on the court. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a huge upgrade. They haven't had a forward this good on both ends since LaMarcus Aldridge. It has been a long time since 2015. So uh, with all due respect to Robert Covington and Alfred Camino, Jeremy Grant is a huge upgrade at that spot. Yeah, he is because he does he does more offensive than those guys. I wouldn't say he's necessarily better than their prime Covington or prime Amino defensively. But you know we're looking at both sides of things. I could make the argument that you know, we say Simons and Lillard and Hart are better offensively. I could also throw in an argument that maybe at times Yusuf Nurkic works a little bit better offensively than what Jeremy Grant does, especially with the way that Jeremy Grant scored a lot of points, but 
um, it didn't lead to anywhere near good offense in Detroit. So we'll see how he fits in in that sort of role on this squad. It is going to be really interesting, but I'm expecting a pretty significant drop in his usage. If I just go and have a look, and I don't have it in front of me, I should have had it in front of me, what his usage was last season. I'm expecting it to drop pretty significantly, um, but a little bit more focus on his defensive numbers. I think he was at like a 24 or something usage. Yeah, 24 I, is, I think, the number. He was, he was just shy of 25, up from like below 20 in those other two spots with OKC and Denver. Yep. I think it'll be I think it'll be more like that OKC Denver usage rate, but I still think he's a, you know, 15, 17 a night guy if he makes threes at a high level because there's going to be spot up options for him. I think he's probably more yeah, more 15 than 17, but I could see the argument for 17 in those years in OKC and Denver he averaged bit under 14 and 12 and then he averaged right. 22 and 19 in Detroit on much higher usage. So it just depends on how that all works out. Um Shaden Sharp was obviously drafted. We didn't see him play in college. He played about five minutes in the summer league. Um, so he's always considered this mystery guy. And they've got depth in the backcourt. We know that he's not going to start. We know that they brought in Gary Payton, who's probably going to be ahead of him in the rotation. So the Blazers in historically have been really slow. Well, not slow, but methodical in developing them. CJ McCollum. Yes, some of that was injury. He didn't play for the first couple of years. Um, Anthony Simons barely saw the court for the first couple of years. Do you think that's going to be a similar situation here with Sharp? Uh, what the Blazers are kind of pushing from the from from their side is that Chauncey Billups is more willing to play young guys, and we saw that a little bit last year when they had some injury stuff. It was Trendon Watford who got tra- who got tapped on the end of the bench. It was all of a sudden like, "Hey, Trendon, you're you're going to be a big minute guy, not Cody Zeller who was hurt and that particular night in foul trouble." Uh, so. The idea is that maybe Phillips is more willing to give a teenager room to run, room to play, and I think there's some there's some truth to that. But I think, regardless of what the coach wants to do, the roster just makes it tough for him to get on the court for any significant amount of time unless they specifically carve out minutes for him at small forward. Yeah, and there are other guys at small forward as well. Like Gary Payton can play up. Josh Hart's there. Nasir Little is there as well. They brought in Justice Winslow. Not saying that he should be prioritized ahead of Sharp, but at this point, he might be a better NBA player, at least, definitely a defender right. at this stage. So there are other guys that they can, they can play in those positions. So I think Sharp is going to be relatively limited, especially early on. It might be two years. Like, who knows? Like, they have a deliberate plan a lot of the time with these guys. They don't, they have this development system. They don't have a G League team. They don't send players to other G League teams. They keep them in-house and they just work on them in practice and work on them in practice and it, they don't necessarily think that they need a ton of game time to develop initially and all that that's what it's been like in the past you know you've got Billups and Cronin now in charge versus um, O'Shea and Stott so maybe things change somewhat but that has always right. been the plan with this Blazers team now the big question with this squad what we're to it right now is injuries because that a bunch of guys that were hurt towards the end of the year some of them were you know, hurt but some of them were actually hurt Damian Lillard had this abdominal injury for years. It got worse. He was really quite poor to begin the season. Got no drift, uh, drift, no, no um, lift on his drives. Couldn't finish at the rim. Couldn't get any lift on his threes. Couldn't hit those, and he stunk. Really, for what the level of play he is, he was nowhere near it. I mean, he, he was bad. Yeah, he's had surgery and he's ready to go. So. We have no concerns. I know people in fantasy, they love looking at what happened the previous season and go, well, Lillard was hurt. How can I trust him? I don't I don't think that any of the regression for Lillard was age-related. I think it was all, the, my whole core is killing me and I can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's that's how I read it too. I think he's, you know, his his the last four years, he's been something like 27 and 7. 
I think that's right where he's going to be again. You could maybe a little bit less scoring because there's more more firepower than than in past teams, but right in that range, right at 26, 27, seven assists. Um, you know, he's he had six months off to get his body and his mind right. He should be ready to go. Yeah, I've got him at 28 and seven. So like, that's basically right right in that area. I think oh. he just goes back to being that guy that he was in the past. And I, I don't think there's really any concern with him. Like injuries can happen to anybody. We can't predict this, but the abdominal one is sorted. So I just full, fully go ahead and uh, draft Damian Lillard. Now, Jeremy Grant had a fake knee injury towards the end of last season, like he had a fake knee injury towards the end of the previous season. Yusuf Nurkic had plantar fasciitis. I'm sure it hurt him a bit, but we assume he's ready to go. Josh Hart had a knee problem. Anthony Simons had a knee problem. And Nasir Little, out of that group, Nasir Little was the only one who had really a legitimate injury. So we're all, Grant, Nurkic, Hart, Simons, they're all good to go. Don't worry about injuries. Little had that surgery, the torn labrum. That is a, that's a significant injury, but we've seen a lot of players come back from it. Pascal Siakam, Kobe White, and Yekaro Kongwu all had a similar injury last season. So we're not expecting any residual issues here for Little, are we? No, I, th- I think he should be, from the reports, he's good to go. He's working out now. Um, he also had abdominal surgery. Oh. So uh, Nazir Little has had, in addition to the shoulder surgery, he also had an abdominal surgery, like core surgery, similar to what Dame had. That's how much of a leader so, Dame is. He just gets everyone to get the cores fixed all at once. He's just driving everyone in. That's what leadership in. is all about. He's <laughs> like, listen, this stuff is great. You're going to love this. Let them cut you open. So now should be good to go, from what I understand. Uh, Damien Lillard's inclusive leadership has fixed his core, and, that's, um, and, and he should be fine. I, I also think he's going to start at small forward. So there's minutes, there's minutes and production to be had for Nas. Thanks for spoiling the next segment, Michael. <laughs> we'll get to hey, that's what a good book does. We'll get to that in uh, leadership from Dame, uh, influencing there you there as well. So let's we'll talk about that starting lineup in just a second. But I do have to tell you guys that if you're hanging out with friends and you're knocking back a few froffies, or as this copy would say, putting back a few drinks. A few can become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think, you know, maybe I'll call for a ride, but no, nah, no, nah, you live nearby. It'll be fine. I'll just, I'll just drive home. Well, what are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? It's, it's there. Even so. And what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life and someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Important message. And let's talk about an important message of the starting five who... I don't think the only one where I think there was any debate was at the three where it could have been Josh Hart in that position, but Lillard, Simons, Little, Grant, and Nurkic, I tend to agree that that's probably going to be the starting five. I think Josh Hart is better suited to be that guy who fills in as a backup two, backup three, backup four at times. Little was coming on towards the end of last season. I think he might find it hard, Mike, to get touches with these other four guys next to him, which is going to stifle his uh, overall fantasy upside and then Hart needing those minutes off the bench. But Little took gigantic steps forward last season. Let's focus a little bit on him here. What do you see happening for him in you know, coming up into this season, which is year four, I think, for him um, as he heads into restricted free agency after this season? What, what step forward does he take this year? Well, he needs to become a better standstill shooter. Um, he's improved slowly as a spot-up shooter, but if you're going to play off the ball in a offense run by Damian Lillard, you're going to be asked to, you know, stand still and be ready. Uh, Dame wants to run a bunch of pick and rolls. He wants to screen, re-screen, probe, drive, kick. And you got to be ready for the last one of the kick because the last step there, 
Um, you got to be ready for it. He's got to become a better standstill shooter. He's a really good, Nazir Little's a really good straight line driver. Like if he can attack in one, one lane, he's as good as they get in the league, maybe at, at just like attacking the rim in a straight line. He doesn't have a lot of wiggle. So he could use maybe a couple counters, a couple different like pull up moves, some, some mid range game. Um, he doesn't have a lot of off the dribble juice, but I don't think that matters for him. So it's like the standstill shooting and maybe two counters on drives. And then he's, and then, that right there is a productive player um, offensively. He's one of the best offensive rebounders at his position in the league. He's going to continue to do that. He's a pretty good defensive player. Um, it's just whether you can be a complementary part when you are the fifth option pretty much always when you're on the court. Yeah, so he just needs to work on those little things to help the team. And he improved his defense quite a bit last season. I, I don't yeah. think he's really going to be a massive fantasy option, just given that perhaps lack of usage. But he'd be someone we can look to stream in and, and work for deeper leagues would be my guess. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, for some reason last season, Mike just just couldn't block shots. I, I don't know what happened. Um, he started to play better as the season went on, but 0.6 blocks for a guy that has been a really good shot blocker in the past is quite weird. He also can't hit free throws anymore, but he's a good rebounder. He's a good scorer. He's a good passer. Um, I, I'm sort of expecting more of the same after they re-signed him, but was there anything you can think of as to why he just couldn't block a single shot? Well, they, they changed up the defensive scheme and that, that really impacted him. Uh, under Terry Stotts, they played almost exclusively drop coverage, which means he's not, he's not at the level of the screen. He's in the lane playing center field. And I mean, he's not a vertical guy, so he kind of has to be in your way to block shots. Under Chauncey Billups, particularly early in the year, they played about as aggressive a defense as you'll see in the league. And that put Nurk often 25, 30 feet from the rim chasing dudes. He's not a crazy recover athlete. He's not like a trail block shot blocker. So when he was put in those positions to be more aggressive, he just wasn't he wasn't going to block shots because that's not it, it's just not in his skill set to be that to do both of those things at the same time. Yeah, and we'll see what happens to how we adjust the scheme. But we might be in. I don't expect him to go back to those high block numbers or even some of the steel numbers he put up under under Stotts um, because of the, of that change in scheme. But maybe he's got a bit more used to it. Play it through the preseason in training camp, right. and we get a little bit of, of better understanding, especially with Jeremy Grant out there as well, um, providing more help on the perimeter and someone who can maybe just adjust the the role somewhat for Yusuf Nurkic as we move forward. We're going to talk about Simons in a second, but let's go to the rotation group. There's Josh Hart, Gary Payton, Justice Winslow, Trenton Watt who played really well last season, but of course, minutes are going to be really limited. And then you sort of cheated when I said, give me a five-man group because you put six guys in there. So I've just eliminated Shaden Sharp out of there because I do think they have to play Drew Eubanks because Watford's not really a center. I think he's only 6'9". And Eubanks, yeah, fantasy managers will know, especially if you're in the playoffs, that Drew Eubanks was putting up some gigantic numbers down the stretch of last season. And he's probably going to get minutes as the backup center. Because again, uh, Watford did play some center, but I don't think you want to rely upon that if you are, as this team is, you know, pushing to be a, a strong team that doesn't even make the play-in and pushes to the playoffs. Um, I think you need that slightly bigger body in uh, yeah, local boy Drew Eubanks. I don't know if they're going to play a center off the bench. Interesting. Everything, everything that they have kind of hinted at was that Oh, Justice Winslow can play a little bit of center. Jeremy Grant can play a little bit of center. Oh, we like Trenton Watford as a center. I think there's a chance that they go nine deep and Eubanks doesn't play against a lot of teams. It's wild that they would choose to do that, but I really, everything that they've hinted at, unprompted, both Joe Cronin, the GM, and head coach Chauncey Billups have kind of mentioned Jeremy Grant as center. And um, 
best of luck to them. At least they're giving that sort of information rather than giving secret signs to take drinks of water um, and cut press conferences off. That's it's a, it's a big improvement there. Winslow can play center. I, I do agree with him there because he's not very good offensively, um, and that gives him that because he's a good rim protector. He's a good defender. I can see that. You don't want to do it for big stretches of time. Uh, I still would like to get Eubanks out there. I thought that I thought he was pretty good in that little role that he had last season. So let's talk about some of the younger guys on this squad. Um, we saw Jabari Walker play really well in summer league. He's probably a backup four, but you know, we're talking he's going to be behind Watford most likely. He's someone he's only young, like he, uh, picked really late in the draft. Great successful pick so far. We'll see how it goes. We've talked little. We've talked a little bit of Sharp. We've talked a little bit of what Watford. I want to talk about Keon Johnson, who came across in the Norman Powell Robert Covington trade. They gave him some minutes. He struggled a little bit, but in summer league, I thought he was unbelievably good. And it's hard if it's hard to. Find minutes for Sharp. It's going to be equally hard to find minutes right. for Johnson. But do you think they should try and find minutes for Johnson? Because, again, it's Gary Payton. You've got Josh Hart there. Johnson's still really young. He showed some defensive ability. He showed an improvement in his creation and his shooting. I was super impressed by him. And do you think there's a way that he can force his way into into minutes? I mean, the short, the short answer is no. Okay. I don't think he <laughs> can. Because I think Damon Lewis is going to play 36 minutes. And That's true. Every time he's going to play 36 minutes. Then you got to find Josh Hart. You got to find Gary Payton, unless you exclusively play Payton and Hart at the at like three. Hart, Hart then, probably is uh, a three though at this point. Re- realistically, Hart is probably more of a three four than than a two. So that would mean you're, you're taking what, yeah, Watford or Eubanks out of that out of that mix because Hart's just like this hyper aggressive defensive rebounding sort of a player who's you know, got some passing ability, but he's he's probably more of a three four than a two three. I would say. Yeah, so if he plays exclusively three, there's some minutes there. You'd think that Sharp might have, you know, just in terms of like what they've invested in Shade and Sharp, maybe a little different than Keon. But, you know, they gave Johnson a lot of runway last year and he just couldn't make two pointers. Yep. He looked better making two pointers against summer league defenses. Um, I believe he shot under 40% from, from inside the arc last year. Like he just, 36, he, he shot. Yeah, 36 on twos. Like he just doesn't make twos, um, which is really, is really important. Some of those are layups. Um, you you got to make them. Yep. So, it's like in a perfect world, yeah, you would carve out rotational minutes for Keon Johnson. But as you mentioned, like this team has this team fancies itself like one of the five best teams in the West, yep. or at least pushing for that. I don't know if they have space and patience to play. Like if they don't have space and patience for Sharp, do they have it for Keon Johnson? Or would they rather say, you know what, we could use more size? How about if we're going to pencil in a 20 year old? How about it's Jabari Walker? I could say that these are, these are the intriguing players. It's Walker, it's Johnson, it's Sharp. They may not play. I don't think Greg Brown's really a high upside guy. But those three guys, especially for those playing in dynasty fantasy leagues, those three players, like it might take two years, it might take three years. But I think there's something there with those players, even if we don't see a huge amount from them this season. So they're just players to watch when injuries strike and they just get pushed into the rotation. Um, they're, they're the guys that I'm really you know, paying some attention to with this team. Now, we're going to talk, I've uh, got a few more questions for you. But before I get to that, I've got to tell you the bet online is, of course, the number one spot for all your odds, the lines, the games. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Mike, there is no NFL team in Portland, so does that make you a Seattle fan, or what's your uh, NFL team? Well, I, I I was raised in a Pittsburgh Steelers household, oh, no. um, so we got some tough... I'll be taking the under on those win totals on Bet Online. You better believe it. 
They've got a game against the Jaguars coming up this weekend, preseason, and the Jaguars are favorite. That shows you how things are going there for Pittsburgh. Three and a half point <laughs> favorites for the Jags. Trevor Lawrence going to carve them up in that game, according to Bet Online. You can check out the odds for all preseason games. All regular season games are up over at Bet Online as well. Continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, including live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay. The criticism of the Blazers in the past has been, you know, where are they going with this backcourt of CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard? They they pulled the trigger last season and CJ was traded. But is the backcourt defense issue, is it actually better or worse with Simons next to Lillard? It's probably worse. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> it probably it's is. Pro- it's probably worse. Like, I don't know if it's like appreciably worse, right? Where it's like, oh, they took the bottom has fallen out. But Amphrey Simons to date has not been a good defensive player in the league. He hasn't even been a below average defensive player in the league. He's been a straight up bad one. Um, he has some physical tools to get better. T- typically, guys, as they get older and see more stuff, get better on defense. Typically, that's not always the case. But typically, the difference in 18 and 22, which is kind of his rookie year to now, you know, he could be a lot better. I believe he's 23 now to sell him short. But, like, yeah, yes, I think they're worse on defense in the backcourt than they were last season. And that's kind of been the thing for them for closing in on eight years. That's the weird thing. Is like, I don't, and it's not the wrong decision to have Simon starting next to Lillard. We saw him have right. this really big – we'll talk a little bit more about Simon's later on. He's really big sort of breakout last season. But if you're looking to improve the backcourt, I don't think you could have picked almost a worse guy to put next to Damian Lillard in that situation. Like, if you just – Gary Payton in there and started him or Josh Hart in there. Like, I think you cover up Damian Lillard's defensive problems almost straight away. Um, But you do have to give Simons those minutes. You know, ideally, we know Lillard signed that, some may say me, uh, insane extension where he's going to be paid $60 million at the age of 36. It's a generous extension. Generous, there you go. It's a generous extension. So, yeah, so he's around for a long time and whether he's able to be traded or he wants to be traded, who knows? But, yeah, where does Simon's profile, does they look to slide him back to being a sixth man because Sharp has more defensive tools than him? Like, what do you think the long-term plan is there for Anthony Simons? Last year... Joe Cronin gave an interview in which he said, Amphrey Simons is so talented, I would start him at center if I had to. My guy. <laughs> so maybe they're going crazy small ball. Like he's gonna play. Like even if he, like he's gonna start. Like he's gonna start at shooting guard. I don't think that's even a debate. I, like I know that other people are debating it, but internally with the team, I don't think that's a debate. No, I, I look. I've got no doubt that he's gonna start. But in terms of like you know, in two years' time, if Sharp show is showing what he actually can be, like. Does does he profile better as a sixth man? Do you think Simon's long term? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like he has, he's he's better with the ball in his hands because he's a really good pick and roll decision maker. Uh, he's like he he sh- he t- took off last year when his usage jumped and his efficiency didn't at all. He was better on the ball than off the ball. So like in theory, the best role for him is make him like you know supercharge Lou Williams or something. But like. I don't know. You know, you're like you said. That's that's maybe some years down the line yeah. when the other guys are really ready. We saw it last season that things they didn't start off well. Lillard got hurt. Everyone was out, and they just really shamelessly again, absolutely should have the perfect thing to do, and they tanked. Lillard, assuming he doesn't get hurt, but if things just don't mesh, if Grant doesn't fit in, if the Simons and Lillard pairing is just completely flammable in that backcourt. Will with I think part of the ability to tank last season was the fact that Dame was out. 
if they're in that similar situation where they're sitting 12th in the West come yeah, February, will they will they do that again? Or do you think that they will be like, no, 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 Dame will just, you know, leader Dame will just not accept that and they will continue to fight and, and push forward rather than, you know, going backwards again to try and take a step forward in, in years to come? Yeah, it's hard to say. The good thing about the West is it's like impossible to finish lower than 11th because the rest of four of those teams in the league are going to lose every game they possibly can. So the lowest you can get is the what I call the Kings tier. That's 11th place. Uh, shout out to Matt George. But uh, <laughs> like, I, I think there is a scenario in which they do pull the plug again. It's just getting harder because last year you could, with when you had Dame naturally out for a long time, it was like, okay, let's, let's convince Ant and... Uh, use of Nurkic every time it's use of Nurkic to um, get a huge payday and we'll pay, and and we'll let them sit on the sidelines. You know, Josh Hart and, and um, Jeff Swinzel were new guys. Hey, this is what we're doing. You're part of this rebuild. It's not it's not simple now. Like it's not as simple as as it was last year. They don't have an easy they don't have an eject button as easy as they could. And I think they are going to be if I had to guess, I think they'll be stubborn in the way that Damian Lord is stubborn and go for it, even if they are the ninth best team in the West, 10th best team in the West, or 11th best team in the West, right below those pesky Kings. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Who do you think the breakout candidate is on this team? Because we saw Simon's breakout last season. Who do you think it might be this year? It's probably Nazir Little, but for fantasy purposes, it's not really, because he's going to break out and being like, really competent defensive player. So so for fantasy purposes, it's probably like Josh Hart stepping into a bigger role. Like, I know he's been, he's probably already had his breakout season, but in terms of like a guy who could jump into like a 30 minute a night role and, and score more and continue to have his assist numbers up with some secondary uh, defensive numbers, I think he's the guy who could maybe take uh, a further step, like a bigger step forward. Uh, everyone else is probably looking like similar or in the Jeremy Grant's case, kind of a step back from the production. All right. Here's a question. I, I don't expect you to know the answer because I didn't know the, this answer off the top of my head that I've just thought thought of now. Who out of the, out of the starting group, Lillard, Nurkic, Simons, Grant and Hart, Damien Lillard was the best fantasy player. He had a down season. Who do you think was the second ranked fantasy player out of that group? Last season? Yeah. Josh Hart. It was Josh Hart. Um, unbelievably, he was like four spots ahead of, two spots ahead of Grant, five spots ahead of Nurkic, and like 30 spots ahead of Simons. Because Simons, yeah. we forget that Simons didn't put up those numbers for the first two, three months of the season. He really rolled. In December, he was the end. worst shooting guard in the Western Conference. Yeah. Like he just he couldn't make a shot in December. And then he something clicked in January and he went nuts for yeah. six weeks. I, that's why I have some concerns with him, and we're, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on, is that we haven't really seen him do it next to someone like Damian Lillard. And even the time that he spent with McCollum last season was pretty limited. It was just like, he is the man, he is getting everything and running it, and it worked. But will that happen when Lillard is there and when Grant's looking for his shots? Like I, There is some concern, I think, with that. So I transitioned that to the next question, not to force your hand, but who's the regression candidate on this team? I mean, it depends on where you measure Amphrey Simons. Like, if it's Amphrey Simons versus that six-week breakout, it's mm. absolutely him. Like, yep. he's not going to average 30 and 8 or whatever he did for that stretch. Uh, otherwise, I, I'd, I'd probably guess Jeremy Grant just because of the shots aren't necessarily going to be there. And I think there is sort of a natural, I'm going to fit in and do what's right thing when you come into a team that's mostly established. And I think he might play nice for the first two months, and that will hurt his sort of overall production. This is the easiest question you will ever answer, Mike. Is this team better this season? 
Yes. Thank you. I don't, I don't, I don't know what more we need to do. Who's the most likely player to get traded? Josh Hart. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. Is that? Do you think that'll be um, pushed if Shaden Sharp is ready? And they'll just say, well, we need Sharp to get minutes. Thanks, Josh. But yeah, maybe you can get us a, a I just late think first. There's a, if they could get someone who is relatively similarly skilled and happens to be six foot 10, they definitely like they, I mean, not similarly like with the same skill set, but you know, like overall value. Mm. They just, they're just so small. They're so small. Maybe, uh, maybe that's Robert probably, Covington. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back. Um, he got paid by someone else. Welcome back to the club. I don't think him and John Zabilf care for each other too much. So uh, probably, probably not on the list, but uh, like they just, Josh Hart's good. Uh, he's on a contract that is, has a, I believe a double option for next year, which is both a player option and a team option, a very rare um, end of his, end of his contract where there's a, where it's a mutual option for him to, to get back on the roster. Those mutual options, there is almost no, I can't see any situation where, it, they get picked up because a player option gets picked up if you're struggling and you don't think you're going to make that money on the open market. A team option gets picked up if the players outperform that contract and you want to keep them at that lower salary. So I don't, what circumstance do they both go, well, I think I'm just actually bang on, right on the money, adequately paid, and the club goes, yeah, I agree. Like It's just so hard to see that getting picked up. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's like no one is correctly paid in the league, right? Like everyone yeah. is underpaid or, or overpaid. So it's not like Josh Hart's going to say 13.8 million. That's exactly what I'm worth. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Uh, so yeah, he's, you know, he's entering a contract year, or like effectively a contract year, unless something goes wrong for him. So I, I just think he's, he's the guy who you can get most value for. He's the guy where you have probably some people at his in, ahead of him. If you're going to pay Nazir little, um, at some point you got to just commit financially to guys who you want to be ahead of him. So I, I think he's the most likely to player to be traded. Okay. i got some quiz questions here for you, Mike. Now these grades and people who listen to this will get sick of me explaining this, but it's new hosts every time. So I've got to explain it. Basketball index has a whole bunch of statistical grades that they do based on numerous advanced numbers across NBA.com and multiple sites. So the three we're looking at here is three-point shooting talent. It's not the player from last season who had the highest three-point percentage. It's based on difficulty of shots, volume of shots, um, self-created versus catch and shoot, all that sort of stuff. Playmaking, it's not who had the most assists. It's who's getting guys into good positions, whose yeah, potential assists are a part of that. It's um, creativity and versatility and getting shots at the rim and shots at corner threes, that sort of stuff. And finishing is not just about grabbing offensive rebounds and putting a back attack. How do you get to the rim? Do you get there by yourself? Do you finish through contact? So you're basically trying to match a talent grade with an eye test. Who's the guy you want shooting threes? Who's the guy you want as your playmaker? Who's the guy that is the best finisher on this team? And this is a, a weird one for this team considering the way the squad was last right. season. So who do you think would have graded out with the highest three-point shooting talent from last season? My gut is Anthony Simons. Your gut is correct. It was Anthony Simons. What about playmaking? I'm gonna guess Damian Lillard. Wow. But I am I'm I'm nervous because Yeah, I'll stick with him. Let's just go. Let's Damian Lillard. Two two out of two, Mike. Damian Lillard hey, was listen, the answer. Lockdown Blazers, baby. We 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 keep it nerdy. If you get this one, I'm gonna be impressed as well. All right. Finishing talent. Who's the best rated finisher on this team? Finisher. I'm going to go with Nazir Little. Ooh, it, he was. I think he was top three. It was not him. It was, in fact, Josh the Hitman Hart. 
He he rated out as the best finisher on this team. And I've got one final quiz question for you, Mike. We've talked already about Anthony Simons replacing CJ McCollum in the starting lineup. And we saw his big breakout where it came where he was the man and those other guys weren't there. So over the course of his career, what proportion of Anthony Simons' minutes has he played next to Damian Lillard? You can give me a percentage, you can give me a fraction. What proportion of his minutes have come next to Damian Lillard? 28%. 28%. You're not far off. It was 33%. So he's played a third of his minutes over four years next to Lillard. So there is going to be an adjustment here of how these two work together. And in that time, I think he had a usage of like 17% in those 1,500 minutes. And of course, that some of that is some of the early seasons where he wasn't sort of the player he is now. But yeah, I think if we're just penciling in, well, he, he took this big step forward. They paid in this money. He's going to have these huge numbers. Historically, he has really taken that step back and that back seat to Lillard. I don't think it'll be quite as aggressive this this year between the two, but we just haven't really seen the sample between those guys to be able to um, fully um, rely upon it, I, I think is the best way of uh, phrasing that. So there you go. A third of his minutes played next to Damian Lillard. And Michael, that'll do it for us and a Portland Blazers season preview. Tell people what is going on over on Locked on Blazers. Well, we are just cruising along uh, with some with some off-season interviews. The last couple of weeks, I've had some of the biggest sort of Portland media folks have joined me on uh, join me on the show. Danny Morang, who hosts a, a popular Trailblazers podcast, Sean Hyken, who just launched a uh, a Trailblazers newsletter, and this week Brandon Sprague, who is another uh, local podcast host and a radio host. We're talking all things Portland uh, this week. We're talking Shaden Sharp. Gary Payton, and then we're playing uh, playing some games. How confident are you in the Blazers? And then we're going to shift into preseason preview mode as we look at player capsules and uh, get ready for everything. The Blazers have some new folks. Uh, they signed a couple guys to the end of the end of the bench or to compete for the last two way spot. So we'll preview all those things and uh, talk about schedule release. It's a whole bunch of fun over on Lockdown Blazers. Can't wait to tune into the Jared Roden show over on Lockdown Blazers. Mike, thanks again for coming on Lockdown Fantasy Basketball and discussing Portland, who is uh, hopefully going to be a completely different team to what we saw last season. Thanks for having me. And that's it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. The NBA schedule is going to be released later this week. I will do a show on the schedule. Schedule and fantasy schedule and playoff schedule is highly overrated, but I am going to do a show on it. We'll talk about that uh, later on in this week. There's going to be more team previews and some other stuff happening this week as well. So follow the show. Subscribe on YouTube, and you'll never miss anything that's going on. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.